Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 9. Traveling through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, a message titled, In the Hand of My Enemy. Verse 42 again, it says, Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and then gave him back to his father. Notice, he casts the demons out, and he heals the child. What do you mean? Why do you need to be healed? That's an interesting question. In Matthew, in Matthew's Gospel of this account, it just tells us that the boy is epileptic. And so this boy's having seizures. In Mark's account, Jesus rebukes the deaf and dumb spirit, meaning deaf and mute, and the spirit comes out of him. And so this is a a, a spirit that's making him deaf and mute. It's throwing him on the ground, but the boy is also epileptic. And so does Jesus need to rebuke the spirit and also cure his epilepsy? Was it a neurological thing? Can a demon cause somebody to have epileptic seizures? Probably. But is it always that? You know, if you get a head injury and in a car accident and you start having a seizure disorder, does that mean you have a demon? No. And so it makes me wonder if this boy didn't have epilepsy. They took him to every doctor, and like the woman with the issue of blood, they suffered many things and gave all their money for doctors and nothing helped. And so finally, they went to a shaman or a witch doctor. And maybe that's where the boy got the demon. This is just sanctified speculation. I'm just curious. But we know that Jesus not just cast the demon out, but he also healed whatever disorder this boy had. And Jesus gives the boy back to his father. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? Being a father who loves his son. This is his only son. And now he has his son back. It's kind of like the woman of Nain who lost her only son. This, this, And this is just a little boy. And the father is elated to have his son back. And this next part is very strange. I mean, part of it makes sense, and the other part's weird. Verse 43 says, They were all amazed at the majesty of God, but while everyone marveled at all the things which Jesus did, because that part's normal, he said to his disciples, listen to this, Let these words sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. Now, this is the passage where I got my title, but... And I tried to get my passage, my title for the messages out of the passage, but I, I didn't realize till later that I'd been reading out of the New Living Translation on my phone. It switched over. And so this is where I got New Living Translation, verse 44. Listen to me and remember what I say. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. And you have to appreciate the timing of this because here's a boy who has been under the control of the enemy. The devil has had this boy and not let go of him. This man has been suffering for years with this, with this demon-possessed boy. And Jesus comes and with a word casts out the demon. The boy is free. He's no longer under the hand of his enemy. And then Jesus, as everybody's marveling and rejoicing that the enemy has lost, he's gone. Jesus is victorious. And then Jesus says, now I'm going to be brought under the hand of my enemy. 
What? No, you defeat the enemy. You're the one who has power over the enemy. The, the enemy can't bother you. What they didn't realize is that Jesus had to let the enemy have power over him so that he could win the victory ultimately, right? But how would they process that? And I think that that's the difficulty. They, they're looking at Jesus and what he's saying. They couldn't imagine that Jesus could possibly be brought under the power of an enemy. He's supposed to become the king, right? In fact, just in the next verses, we're going to be reading next time we're together in Luke, the disciples are going to be talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. They obviously didn't get this. They obviously didn't understand it. But Jesus says, let this sink down into your ears. I'm going to start using that with my kids. Let this sink down into your ears. It says verse 45, but they didn't understand the saying, and it was hidden from them, so they did not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about the saying. It's a good lesson for us. They didn't get it, and they wouldn't get it. It would be very confusing for them when Jesus was arrested and hung on a cross. It would be very confusing. It would be confusing for them when Jesus rose from the dead, and they didn't even want to believe it when it happened. It was like, you know, I'm not going to believe unless I see, can see from my own eyes, you know. And it was hard for them. And so what, what we take away from that is this. We are not always going to understand what Jesus is doing or even what he's trying to say to us. We're not always going to understand it. I think we like to think that we're, you know, there's an explanation for everything, but we're not always going to understand it. Could you imagine how you would feel right now if you were not here in Idaho, but rather in Ukraine? Let's say you're a Christian living in Kiev, and you are in an underground cellar somewhere, praying, not knowing what's going to happen to you. You're praying that God would deliver you, God would save you from the situation. I mean, wouldn't you be? And the, the, the Russian military is coming in. And no doubt, there are going to be Christians who are pulled from their underground place and shot and killed. And others who are going to be, as they pray, Jesus save us, a bomb's going to land on top of them and they will be destroyed. And others who through miraculous circumstances, un unbelievable circumstances, will somehow escape and get away and give God the glory for all of that. And that's so confusing to us, isn't it? And so those people, they make it out, they have PTSD for the next 30 years, and then they die. And that's just going to be their reality. And so then you just have to step back and say, wait a minute, let's just look at the whole thing from a different perspective. What, what is this, all this that's happening to us and to them and to everyone who's under some sort of confusion or some sort of trouble or some sort of threat of death or some sort of cancer or some sort of problem in their life or they have a son and daughter who's a prodigal and they're off the rails and, 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 and they're, they're trying to process all of that in light of eternity and you realize in, at the end of the day, there really is only one thing that matters. And that is God. And that is my relationship with God. And whether I die and I'm martyred, whether I have a bomb dropped on me, or whether I live and miraculously escape, glory be to God. Because I know Him, and He loves me, and, he, and I'm accepted in the Beloved. And I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. And, and not only that, but Paul says that this light affliction, which is but for a moment, he's talking about all the trials of this life, and think about Paul's life, will give weight to a far greater 
experience of glory in Jesus Christ. And so when we think about everything in the light of eternity, we have to realize that there's two things that I have to, I have to kind of come to grips with. And actually, these two things are really simple because they're the same rules as the rules to plumbing. The first rule of plumbing is that water always finds its lowest point, right? It, it always goes downhill. I can't control that. The second thing, don't lick your hands. <laughs> I can control that. And so there are things I can control, and there's things that I can't control. Water's always going, I can't make water mysteriously start running uphill. It's not going to ever happen. I may be able to divert it. But I can't keep it from finding its lowest point. It is what I cannot control. But what I can control is licking my hands. And so when it comes to life and God and everything else, I can't control what other people are going to do. I can't control what's going to happen. I can't control, even through prayer, what the Russian army is going to do. God can. God can make water run uphill. Can't he? He can part the Red Sea and make the water stand on end while everybody goes through the lowest possible point and climbs up to the other side because God can do that. I cannot. I just have to make sure I don't lick my hands. Right? When it comes down to it, what can I do? I can pray and I can put all my trust in God. And so no matter what happens, I choose to believe that God is in control and that nothing can harm me unless God wants it to unless God allows it. So I'm completely safe. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to heaven, and none of this in a billion years is going to affect me the same way it's affecting me now, right? And so I can just trust God, and that's what I can do. Don't lick my hands. Don't get involved. Don't try to stop the inevitable from happening, happening but let my weapons of my warfare be spiritual, seeking God, asking Him to do what He wants to do. And maybe I will give my life, and maybe I won't. But at the end of the day, that's God's decision. And I can trust him. I can lay my child who's off the rails down at his feet. I can lay the circumstances of my job or my cancer or my friend or whatever's going on in my life, my cough. I can give it to the Lord. <coughs> and I can say, Lord, I trust you. You know best. This is what I want, but I trust you for whatever's going to happen. And just allow yourself to live in that place of peace and not always trying to change things that you can't change. Things that only God can change, right? So let's trust Him. Amen? Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991. Or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.